Hey, everybody. This is Zach. I was about to say that was Zach, because normally he yeah. follows up real quick with his name. Uh, this, yeah. is, uh, this is not Zach again. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Richard. <laughs> How you doing over there? I'm good. I'm surviving. I had some uh, food poisoning. Oh, God. So I envision this to be the best episode yet. <laughs> We're going to have some ASMR sounds. Yeah, uh, they're, they're horrifying variety. sounds. They're more in line with Resident uh, Evil sounds. I, I, yeah, I do have a long microphone that I Fantastic. can bring with me. Take you all in the um, well, yeah, so we have uh, some stuff Welcome to get through. Me. This is our uh, Resident Evil grab bag coverage where we just talk about the things that we didn't uh, cover in our miniseries. Uh, mainly, we missed some main games, as people have been quick to point out. <laughs> so I mean, we didn't miss them. We just rushed right past yeah, them. Yeah, it's yeah. more that. Um, and then there's a lot of games in the main line, which... Um, there's a couple that stand out to me, um, but we'll see how many of these that we have combined played. Um, and yeah, if we have time for it, we can, uh, mm-hmm. talk about our, our brainstormed ideas for, uh, the future of Resident Evil as they cap off this spooky trilogy that they're doing. Yeah. Um, so I guess first off, uh, I will go through yeah. me, 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 um, because it wasn't in any of the coverage, but I watched these two things recently and they're resident evil related. So Netflix has a four part. They should have just put it as one movie. I don't know why they released a four part TV show called uh, infinite darkness that follows. I don't know. Have you seen this? No, I've wanted to. So it's it's basically um, it follows Leon and Claire is there as well. Um, It maps pretty well to like if they were to do this as a short game, um, it would be really interesting. Um, And there's a third character that is a soldier kind of related to (laughs) to both the U.S. military and also Umbrella. Um, it's a really interesting story. It's uh, it only came out a couple of years ago. Uh, I want to say like twenty twenty maybe. Yeah, I remember the Wuhan announcement somewhere around uh, eight, I think, or before eight. Or yeah. Like yeah. That. Well, it's it's yeah, funny because all of the animation kind of um, or all of the the backgrounds and the uh, the the where the the climax of the story happens. Um, is in this gigantic, like ridiculously gigantic underground layer, like you would expect in Resident Evil. I, I don't know wh- how Umbrella mm. is able to excavate yeah. these secret laboratories that are like two hundred stories deep <laughs> underground. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's really great right. like in the remake uh they make a mention of that there's like that section where it's a hospital and, and she's like how are they able to do this and no one yeah. noticed yeah, exactly. like the game is um, very self-aware but it, it's gotta fit you know it just fits the tone of the series yeah like let's not what what's what are you gonna do just have everything completely hollow and there's just like two metal beams supporting an entire hospital above you. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's super weird. It's like, are they buying up like silos, like missile silos that have been decommissioned? And they're just like, well, we're gonna pump a bunch of chemicals and shit in here. <laughs> no, my, I envision it that they they buy this hospital and they're like, so we're gonna have a lot of like mechanical sounds underneath, like there might be some guys in hard hats taking an elevator down to a floor. Because yeah. that's the the conceit in three. Like, there's an elevator key that nobody yeah. else, I think, is supposed to use that one of, like, the head doctors has. Right. And um, it's like, that's how you get to go down into, like, this underground area. <laughs> and so it's like, what? Is this where all the exactly. workers were coming in? Or are they being piped in at some hole, like, miles away? Like when you when you take yeah. the contract for this, do you sign like an NDA? Yeah, just like a regular construction guy, <laughs> you know? Because there's not super secret construction guys. There's just like yeah. guys in hard hats. They sign an NDA. They take a bullet train for 15 minutes, like in just absolute darkness, and they're like, "Yeah, this is the job. They pay really well, though." <laughs> Um, great. Well, speaking of of things that do not make I oh and uh, I do recommend watching Infinite Darkness cuz like as as a fan of this series, you'll see exactly the beats in the game that this would progress down. Um mm-hmm. just be forewarned that it's the same like CG animation that is in uh, like Degeneration and Damnation. And so it's like not quite video game ready, but a step above like Toy Story when it first came out. <laughs> it is really interesting, especially the. Um, so imagine these divisions work really separate. So you get like uh, yeah. you get Claire uh, in like remake, looking how she does, and then you get Claire in this, and you're like, wow, she's really different. Um, yeah, it looks like they took her her. Um... I don't know, character design from, I guess, Code Veronica. Yeah, it's it's more yeah. in line with, like, old Claire. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But, um, so, I, the other thing that I did is I actually took the time and watched the Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City film. I, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I honestly like it. Like, it's, it's, um, it scratches a different itch that the regular Resident Evil films also scratch or scratch in a different way like because i like the other ones this this particular one though it um i would say the only the only bad like notes that i have for it would be man it would have been great if they could have gotten like 20 or 30 million dollars to add more accurate or not more accurate more more realistic cg um a lot of the cg that's in it like what you see in the the uh uh trailers is uh you know a lot of it's in darkness and so it hides it a little bit but when you're watching it on a 4k television it's like ooh, that liquor does not look quite as good when it's moving (laughs) um it's really sad because I think I feel like the uh, the other ones got a bit of budget to them, even though it never really seemed to reflect that. Yeah, I um, um 
I wrote down here, yeah, like the the lowest budgeted uh W.S. Anderson film was the first one with 33 million. And granted, I mean that was 20 years ago, but um you know, Welcome to Raccoon City got 25. It looks amazing though for a 25 million dollar movie made in 20 20- 21 it's it's like they they want to reboot a series and i feel like what happened was is they got a pitch where they're like well we'll do it for even cheaper than the first one that ws anderson did and it'll be great and it's like why don't yeah i mean just get a little more yeah like because the dog the dog comes out in the trailer like the and i noticed that the dog was off in the trailer when it first debuted, like that dog looks funny, and fans immediately like they're ready to critique. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is that this isn't like it has nods to like hardcore fans, but I mean, it's a movie that's got more than a ten thousand dollar budget for a commercial directed by George Romero. You know, like it's for a mainstream audience, so they have to put in a lot of mm-hmm. stuff and they have to truncate a lot of stuff. Um. Now, granted, maybe they could have just mm-hmm. focused on the first game, right? Because, like, the storyline for this, like, it feels it's a very quick paced mm-hmm. movie because they're cramming both Resident Evil 1 and 2 together because they happen concurrently. Um, it's interesting how they do mm-hmm. that. Um, one of the things is that the yeah. that Claire and Chris are orphans from raccoon city who grew up in the orphanage that was also owned by umbrella mm-hmm. i guess that makes it personal it makes it personal but my also my question is like why does this pharmaceutical company like the immediate question you have to ask when a pharmaceutical company owns an orphanage is what are you testing on these kids? Like we've moved past the point where it's like, are you testing on these kids? It's what are you testing on these kids? Right? Um, <laughs> yeah. What, what are you, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. What, are, faith, what are you doing? Thing, <laughs> and big companies that um, yeah. no, they, they do interesting things with it though. Mm. Like, um, setting it more of like a uh i guess in the south would be kind of a like a mill town or in the the northeast would be like a rust belt town where the industry is dead like umbrella was the industry in this town Mm -hmm. and they're moving somewhere else so like it explains why most of the city is empty um it explains why there's just a bunch of cops and then a couple of random people in the town, which, cause if you remember, like when you play through one through three, like that's pretty much all there is in the, in the uh, story. It's, it's cops and then a sprinkling of regular people. <laughs> um, but I recommend it. Like it's, it's kind of, it's the, the type of movie that I would have, have expected resident evil to be in 2002 like when i was a teenager and like oh yeah this is how this movie covers these games this is this is great <laughs> this isn't a weird platinum game <laughs> yeah yeah i think the first movie i thought was pretty um yeah was pretty fun with uh w.s anderson um, yeah because you got to go into the lab you get to see yeah. like little peaks of things 
there's still like a there's even still a sense of mystery because you're like oh like there's all these <laughs> yeah. containers and things well i wonder what else could we hear um and you don't get the reveal yet um and then later yeah it's so slavish to the game in a sense but in in just like uh well it's very surface level because you don't go into the nest yeah. facility in the first one you're just you're only in the mansion <laughs> um yeah and like you i remember the first time seeing nemesis when w.s anderson is like you just take took him right from the i game, mean i gotta admit <laughs> like right from the game cover he looks one-to-one but like in just a really bad way like like if nemesis mixed up with like the toxic avenger like that's kind of the vibe you that's get. exactly why i like if it nemesis a was... so i was like oh shit my two loves no <laughs> it's like if you mix nemesis and he looks like a like a sex toy like a latex sex toy <laughs> they make that i yeah of course they I'm, do i'm sure i'm sure they make that somewhere <laughs> And he just looks so freaking weird. Um, <laughs> just like, wow, you're really, really yeah. off here. But in, in any case, yeah, I'm gonna see it. I'm yeah, interested no, it's in it's it. it's really great. Um, it's it's um, if you did not like the W.S. Anderson movies, give this one a shot because it's it's very different. It's a very different feel. Um. So, yeah, I guess we can move into main games that we missed. There's there's two that people have said, hey, will you talk about this? And <laughs> no, I don't like them. <laughs> um, so the main lines that we missed were uh, Resident Evil Code Veronica, which came out on Dreamcast in 2000. Um, there have been various ports uh, on PS2, PS3, and 360. Um, I don't know if it's on PC, is it? Um, it I can't imagine Capcom not having a port. Um, I mean, it's got a game ranking of 94%, so maybe I'm the one who's the asshole, but... Um... <laughs> that's, that's very high. I, yeah. Um, I feel like... I feel like other places may not rate it as high. Yeah, I mean, that was the the one that I got in doing the cursory notes searching for this. Um, generally, it follows Claire uh, looking for Chris. Uh, they kind of this is kind of where they they actually reveal Wesker's involvement with Umbrella uh, way more than you remember them doing in the first one because i remember playing through the first one being like huh they don't like yeah he does what he does but they don't really go into his whole connection as as much as i seem to remember but this is why is is a lot of the stuff was pulled from code veronica for things like the comic and stuff like that um I do remember. So the reason I bounced off of this game one is I didn't have a Dreamcast, so I was playing it like a couple hours at a time at a friend's house, right? Um, but it's the the first time they used real time um, rendered backgrounds, and it oh doesn't rough. do a great job of it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very, very hard to watch. Yeah. Uh, did you ever play Code Veronica? 
I did. I did. I'm pretty sure I beat Code Veronica. Um, I'm I'm guessing that I played it on an emulator. Um, it does look like it's oh, available okay. on PS4. Um, PS2, PS3, Xbox 360, yeah. GameCube, and Dreamcast. So I either played it on the GameCube, because uh, I did have yeah. possession of one for a short amount of time. I didn't own one, but I think I was friends with someone who had one. Um, hmm. Or I played it on a PS2 emulator. But I did finish it. Because I, I, I remember seeing through game footage and then like, oh yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, I remember that section. It's um, my yeah. feeling is that it was like um, an extension of of one and two exactly. Um, and I know it was originally supposed to be the three, and then there was like a, an exclusivity mm-hmm. licensing agreement that they had with. Yeah. Um, I forget if it was PlayStation at the time. So they had to rename it, and then they gave PlayStation what was supposed to be the 3, or what was the new 3. Um, so I remember not really liking that guy character that comes in. Uh, I forget what his name Oh, St- uh, Steve? Steve, yes. I think, yeah, Steve. Steve is hilariously voice acted. Um, <laughs> he talks. He talks like this. They, um, they were really pushing that, like he's terrified and doesn't know what's what's going on, just to like make Claire seem more like a, um, like macho protagonist. I think, and it's like, no, just let Claire be who Claire is. Like, stop trying to make her look like an action hero. <laughs> well, the the best part is I f- I feel like in memory. It's like, so this dude, is he supposed to be, like, the love interest for Oh, Claire? I didn't get that sense. Like, is is he macking on Claire? I feel like he would love to mack on yeah. Claire, but he seems definitely a little younger. But when he comes in that first scene, or one of the scenes that he can introduce him, <laughs> he has, like, double Uzis, and he's like, ah! And he's just, like, supposed to be badass. The weak scene, I think you're maybe remembering... Um, in seeing was where I think he's supposed to, yeah, he's he's gunned down other zombies and stuff that we've seen him do without an issue, but then he has one zombie that comes up to him, and I think it might be his dad or something. Oh, possibly, yeah. like his dad was like a scientist working there or something like that, and so he's <laughs> like, I can't do it, and then Claire has to end up killing him. Um. But then the puzzles and stuff I thought were fine. Um, It's just not as memorable in some senses. Uh, I think the zombies popping, I think they pop out of graves in that game too. Uh, That sounds right. Which was a little bit different. Yeah, they pop out of the ground. But in any case, um, I enjoyed the game for what it was at the time, yeah. which was just another chance to play an RE game. Um, but it, it, there's nothing like, oh, I need to play that again. Anything particularly memorable. Yeah, it's 
it's one of those that like, yeah, I, I liked um, watching a friend play, but like the graphics were so bad that that it was kind of hard to even watch, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whereas like I had a, a PlayStation, so I had Resident Evil three. So I was just like, well, this is the main game anyway. So <laughs> mm-hmm. um. Yeah, you get to you don't get to have some of that artistic uh, license when you yeah. when you have the pre-rendered backgrounds and they can like burn in like details and things like that. And the reason they had those is you know they were trying to overcome limitations of yeah the hardware like what yeah. they were capable of doing with the hardware. And so they skipped ahead, I think, and it just it wasn't there yet. You know, as far as like what they could do with the non pre-rendered backgrounds. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the average, the average file size of one of these podcast recordings after I've compressed it and edited it and everything is, uh, two or three times the size of, uh, the first resident evil. On well, that's just because we, we talk too much. Some people would say, <laughs> I'm just saying like, it's amazing to me that they can fit, on on Resident Evil Two is what two two discs, so what is that like one hundred and forty megs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's still amazing to me that you can do all of that, and yet now we have all the space in the world, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> um. Well, with that, the the other main mm-hmm. game that we missed uh, was uh, Resident Evil Zero, which. Uh, was O2 on the GameCube, and then they they did uh, a Wii port, um, and then a an HD remaster for PC, PS3, PS4, 360, and Xbox. Um, and then Switch came out just a couple years ago, I think, right? Uh, the port for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the port for Resident Evil Zero. Um, mm-hmm. Metacritic gives us an 83. I think that's that's extremely generous, in my opinion. That's um, pretty high. It's, you know, the story is is uh, Rebecca Chambers, who was on Bravo Team. She was on Bravo Team. Yeah, right? she was on the team that was coming in. She's the medic. The the If you go by the original listings of these characters, the 18-year-old medic working for the special tactics unit. Um and that totally checks out. Yeah. Um so when she when she was recruited, right? Okay, to, to set up the skis, when she was recruited or when have showed interest, she would have mm-hmm. been younger than 18. And so like the photo that Wesker has in his desk of of her in her basketball <laughs> outfit yeah. is definitely younger than she needs to be, which just further cements Wesker as a scumbag, basically. Yeah. Um and uh yeah the the second player in this is Billy Cohen, uh who is a prisoner being transported on this train that for some reason Rebecca gets on. Um and it's this this careening out of control train. Uh you move between the different box cars there's weird slug monsters um i i, I remember getting this on gamecube mm-hmm. and just being super bummed <laughs> it 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 doesn't feel like a resident evil game i like i'm surprised it's considered a mainline game well there's some there's some weird things with um 
the plot and it's it's one of those things where something is connected yeah. but disconnected like it's supposed to be zero so it's supposed to happen yeah. right before the mansion happens and so it explains conceivably why rebecca ends up at the mansion you know and you get to see her with um you know with chris and uh, and jill yeah. You know, she ends up being even in the remake. You you know, you see her a bit more, um, where she acts <laughs> as like a healer and etc. She's like, "Would you like me to heal you?" Um, but it's it's connected but disconnected in a way that you none of that really carries yeah. over from an impactful way, like transitioning over yeah. into the mansion, like those eel things. Things like eel-like creatures, slug-like, leech-like creatures show up later, but there's no direct connection between like that and one. Yeah, this is the first yeah. inkling we have of of the weird bio things that aren't yes. zombies. <laughs> yeah, and so it's like, well, I mean, I'm assuming you, you get to eradicate those because I haven't played that game in a bit. But the fact that it, it doesn't carry over and the main villain, because I looked at this over again, is just this super hammy, operatic, kind of how Wesker gets in like five, where he's like talking about like the world yeah. needs like cleansing and et cetera. Except this guy is just like a, a notch above that. And so he doesn't even fit the tone of like serious scary game he's basically like the 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 leech slug monster master um yeah i forget his name mm -hmm. um james marcus yeah there we go yeah so james marcus he just doesn't really fit the tone you don't have the i do remember the inventory crates which wouldn't make sense yeah. on the train i get it but you could have something else. So what you end up having to do is dropping items. Mm -hmm. So you have to drop items when you need to shift in yeah. another item. And you can just come back and pick them up. So de depending <laughs> on where you drop them, you can just have a room full of shit. Yeah. That you're trying to like switch in and out. And if you're, you know, depending on your TV that you're on, you're like, oh, is that what I want? No. Is that what I want? No. Yeah, because there's no um, menu thing that pops up to tell you what yeah. it is. You have to kind of order. Okay, this is the corner where yeah. I throw all my gun trash. <laughs> this is the corner where I put yeah. all my herb trash. <laughs> like a drug yeah. dealer in 1985. <laughs> yeah, and it, it feels like the point where they're like, okay, this conceit won't work, so let's do another conceit. When they're just like, just make it anything. Yeah. Like it could be like a a bag that hangs on the wall somewhere that transfers stuff over. Um, or even um, make it like uh, uh, in in seven and eight, where it's like, oh yeah, I'm just going to buy more slots for my in inventory because I found a backpack. Yeah, got some cargo pockets. Yeah, something big. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. pages. Um, I mean, she's gonna. She should yeah. have a lot of space. She's on a Bravo team, so 
it's just uh it's it becomes an annoyance i think a lot of people because i i tried to replay it recently um a lot of people probably won't get past just like the first yeah. train section you get like boxed in by these zombies like in front and behind you <laughs> and they just chomp on you um yeah, well, it's it's real funny that they did this. They had books out that were adapt- adaptations of the games, which I don't know if you ever read any of those, but I totally mm-hmm. did as like a 12-year-old. Um, they had one that covered what Rebecca was doing at the time. Like Capcom licensed in, or a, a, a paid for a fan fiction writer to write this and released it through, I think, Del Rey. Um, and it's, it's not this, and it's mm-hmm. actually way better <laughs> so i don't know what they were doing here <laughs> um, there has to be an element of it it has to do with a smaller japanese company who has multiple divisions and like different teams and like okay we got to make money let's just how many yeah. games can we crunch in like a certain <laughs> amount of years <laughs> sketching this out and so like you get just like miss uh direction and like okay well we've already spent some time on it let's release it like and this is how we want to conceive it and there's some there's some fun stuff i remember having some fun playing the game yeah um switching between the two characters was kind of uh, interesting to do and I imagine it was probably pretty difficult to do at the time because you got to be able to phase through, like you and could it, just yeah, like press a button in. and yeah. like phase, yeah, mm-hmm. between one or the other. But it's it's not one of those things that it's not one of those games. Even for someone who appreciates the game, uh, I don't think it's the kind of game where. Yeah. A majority of fans are clamming for like a remake or let's revisit this story. Um, and I think what's yeah. his face is um, the other, uh, the felon, the convict. I originally remembered it like, okay, this has to, do, he has to be trapped in, like he screwed over something with Umbrella or et cetera. And that's why he's being put to death. Uh, but I, I don't think that's actually the case. Like looking back up again, like I think his crime doesn't have anything to do with him. Probably. Yeah, I think he's just being transported, um, and he just yeah. happens to get. Let's see. So, according to the Resident Evil wiki, which thank you fandom, um, yeah, he was a U.S. Marine Corps second lieutenant turned death row inmate that escaped into the Arkley Mountains after the military transport vehicle escorting him was forced off the road by a pack of Cerberus. Oh, that's what it was. He wasn't being transported. Okay, so he took refuge in the uh, Express where he would meet Rebecca Chambers, who had arrived with stars to investigate reports of murders in the vicinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, he yeah. doesn't have any real connection to Umbrella or anything like that. No. Which I think would have made it a little bit stronger of like a hit and like a game connection. Yeah. Like, Oh, you're being, you're being put to death, but like he's actually being set up and framed by umbrella. Um, who are just trying to get rid of him. Uh, Cause that made sense to me. Like, Oh, that would definitely make sense 
this why this felon is being put to death. Like he's not actually, you know, guilty, guilty, guilty. But it's like, no, no, he is guilty. <laughs> like it's completely unrelated. He is guilty. Well, he just got caught up in the wrong place in the wrong time. Yeah, I think I think it ends up being like they do a flashback, and it isn't really his fault. Okay. Like what happened? Yeah. Um, but it's not for that kind of reasons. It's not related yeah. to like umbrella setting them up. Um, I think it's like a, a set of circumstances that just didn't work out in this favor. Well, um, we also have a whole lot of main um, trash to talk yeah. about. Um, <laughs> let's see how quick we get through these. <laughs> I see you glaring at me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, what? What does Zach have in his goodie bag? A state away. So here's my goodie bag. So you were saying that that Capcom um, released a, just crapped out a bunch of garbage, right? What? Or a small Japanese company crapped out a bunch of garbage. No, no, you um, put words in my mouth. I'd never say that about the Capcom. You mean like <laughs> five minutes ago? Yeah. Oh no, I just meant that they were they they wanted to capitalize on this license, and so. They push, and so that's why you get so many of these little offshoots, etc. Well, so I kind of wish there was a world where all of these were canon, and in my head, all of these games are canon, right? But mm-hmm. these are all things that they have even identified now as, no, no, that's that's not a storyline we're going down anymore. So 2000, they have Resident mm-hmm. Evil Survivor on the PlayStation 1. Um, it's Did you ever play any of the light gun games? Yeah, it's a shooter. Shoot them like a, yeah. Um, which they don't make anymore. I mean, which this game was two hours long, um, and you play as an amnesiac protagonist, uh, and they they pulled sprites from RE2 and gave you unlimited pistol ammo. What's what system was it on? Just the PlayStation. Man, that that would have been back. I feel like I remember someone with amnesia being caught up if you look in at the, the game series but well, if you look no at the character memories. he's wearing this like green like military style jacket with like a furry hood but i i don't know why i guess the mm. japanese just the, the designers just thought that that would look cool um you know they don't really do like gun games mm-hmm. anymore because of the way those games have to like you have to have a, a crt television basically yeah because, there's probably not enough consistency uh with response times and things yeah. like that and even like like all that well all like that even the stuff. first rock band um i had eventually had to get rid of all my plastic garbage and shit because when that first game when that game came out we had a crt that had a different um refresh rate when we switched to a flat screen mm-hmm. um there was no way yet to change the delay in the game and so you couldn't trigger anything on time and so it's like well this just made all mm-hmm. this garbage use even more useless yeah <laughs> yeah I, I feel like it's so yeah you run into things like that first generation yeah, um, it's one of those things i think that people don't really take account of i mentioned there's a lot of um input delay and buffers that are set up to deal with that oh yeah in different screens and etc. Yeah, well, I noticed that well, a lot. E- even even with Bluetooth controllers, between like well, like when we um got this this 4K television, the the refresh rate 
there are like five or six different settings you can put it on, depending on mm-hmm. what that HDMI port is supposed to do. Um, mm-hmm. Which is awesome. I mean, <laughs> I'm not complaining, but it's just the 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 level of fiddliness and control that you have now for things like this um is interesting um i did play survivor um it's not memorable at all like i could not tell you like i i want to say that you play as a character um it's like a reverse area 51 where you're trying to get out of a facility um rather than going into um let's see i mean let, let's be real the, the stories of light end games were always their centerpiece i love them <laughs> i love them so much um that i mean they turned our uh, area 51 into a david duchovny voiced uh first person shooter on ps2 i think um marilyn manson i think did the soundtrack and voiced wow. one of the characters in it it's actually kind of cool. Um, anyway, uh, 2002, uh, we get... He who, he who must not be named. Yeah, no, he, yeah, it, we, we didn't know that at the time, though. <laughs> but yeah, let's, yeah. Um, 2002, we get Resident Evil Gaiden. Um, this is on the Game Boy Color. I definitely remember that. I, I loved this game. I can't tell you how many times I played it over and over and over. It, this and uh, Ghost Babble and grand theft auto i had on game boy color and i would just cycle through them on like long car trips and stuff um we talk about the commitment that uh (laughs) young kids had to the game boy and other peripherals of its ilk like the commitment to replenishing this battery so the color actually surprisingly was Um, good with batteries like the game gear i had a friend who had a game gear and that's yeah that yeah. fucker ate through three like D cell oh, batteries every two hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. That's because it had the power. Sega's so got the power. It does. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, Gaiden is a uh, it's an action game. So you the story for this one is Leon Kennedy investigating an outbreak on a passenger ship. Um, it was a top down perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but the interesting thing with this, which Sweet Home did, and what they wanted to do for um, the first Resident Evil, and I still think is an interesting mechanic, is that when you're attacked, uh, it switches to first person mode and there's a slider bar timer that you have to to hit to attack um, the thing. Um, it's not a very long game. Mm-hmm. You can t- you can beat it in about four hours. Um, so, you know. The story, I don't remember the story very well, but I, I know that um, mm-hmm. for a while there, Capcom kept trying to get the protagonist on boats and people were like, no, we don't want to be on this boat. <laughs> Which is funny. One of the Resident Evil movies takes place on a boat and I think it's the weakest one. <laughs> There's something about the formula that just doesn't fit. Um, you, you got to think, is there someone who's like a producer? And he's like, a producer is like horrible boats. <laughs> horrible. And they just like love that Ghost concept. Ship? Yeah, they we're, just love that idea. They keep trying to steer it back. We need to have a talk. <laughs> yeah. And someone's like, Yanaka, no, shut up. No more ships. We've already done it four times. It doesn't work. He's like, this time um, it's going to work. Did you have any reactions to yeah. Gaidan that, that I did not cover? 
No, I remember just the sprites. I think it might have been a game I either borrowed from someone or rented, something like that. Um, no, sprites were fun. I remember just hunkered over trying to make sure I wasn't in too bright of a light at the time to play it. Um, I I do sometimes wonder, and this is sort of a little unrelated, uh, how well these these kind of yeah. game mechanics hold up, like playing in a feature context. Like if I went over and like played older Game Boy Advance games or Game Boy games, like would the mechanics still keep attention? Yeah. Is there because there's something uh, very um, you know, simple and then sort of enjoyable, even with a game like Mancala or like a game like chess or checkers, where it's like, well, and the, yeah, that's the thing, especially like you, like you bring up with, with like these old Game Boy games is that like, I don't know how I replayed it over and over and over because there's, there's effectively counting the D pad as four buttons. There's effectively three buttons. <laughs> Mm-hmm. you know yeah so it's it's like it's one of those things where oh you know maybe it would be really cool to get like a retro pie or like uh you know pocket plus or something like that and it's like oh well yeah i mean it, do i really just want to mess with that again like is this actually something that would keep my attention you know, nowadays, do I really want to, even on some of the retro systems, like the screen is like maybe six by four inches on the most generous. Like, do I want to stare at something that small Yeah. for several hours a day anymore? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, what I would love to have is a little, like, like you said, like a little retro pie or something that would blow it up to, you know, at least 1080p. <laughs> Uh-huh. by by whatever um that i could play some of these old game boy color games on my nice television because i don't know i i would want to see how much of gaiden and uh, ghost babble i remember um so yeah then 2003 which is a year later <laughs> i i don't know how many people they had working on some of these games um I definitely remember playing this. It's another light gun game, but on the PS2, which is kind of late. I I thought I could have sworn this would have been PlayStation 1 um, just because PS2 seems really late for a light gun game coming out. But it's Resident Evil Dead Aim. Um, it only switches to first person when you're aiming and firing your weapon, which is kind of weird. Um, it takes place four years after the Raccoon City incident. Uh, Umbrella owns an ocean liner. <laughs> again the boat um wow yeah um, it's cool. an umbrella owned ocean liner uh infected with the t-virus from the paris labs which is a reference to the code veronica games uh by a bioterrorist and former employee of Embroia, mm-hmm. Embra- umbrella named morpheus duval um you play as bruce mcgiven u.s stratcom's anti-umbrella pursuit investigation team um and Fong Ling is a character that is sent by Chinese uh, Ministry of Security Services. Uh, it's three hours long, four hours to complete. One thing I want to note that I didn't even really clock as a kid when I played this is that. So he works for <laughs> Strategic Command, 
but a specific unit called the Anti-Umbrella Pursuit Investigation Team. When in the, like, when has there ever been an official team designated for one company? Like, can you imagine working, like, yeah, we work for the FBI, we're part of the Anti-Amazon Crackdown Unit. I mean, maybe maybe it should happen, but it's just real weird that there's there's an official uh, team focused on uh, one company's investigation. Yeah. <laughs> That's not like a bunch of maybe. like forensic scientists. You know? Yeah, I love the ocean. I love the ocean liner buy-in. <laughs> like they they bought it so they could get discount <laughs> rates on transporting yeah. some of their bioweapons. Because they were just sick of paying top dollar for like hush hush transport. Also, I, I don't remember. I, I don't think I've ever heard of that game. That name. Uh, Google a picture. I'm sure you've seen the cover of it if you've spent any time in like a GameStop. Like there was a time where they had tons of these. It, it wasn't very good. <laughs> Um, cause like I said, a light gun game on PS2 is kind of late in the life cycle of light gun games. Um, yeah, that's, that's a whole, that's a solid note. The PS2 era, I basically, yeah. I pieced out on gaming for a bit. Um, I think I stretched N64. And then after that, I didn't get anything for years after that. So I, I pieced out on this. <laughs> um, I like the box cover. Art, yeah, it though. looks cool. It looks like a like a Jean Claude Van Damme action movie, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you mix John like uh, John Claude with like Leo, yeah, 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 yeah. From, uh, Fifth Element, yeah, with the red hair, this guy. Um, has. Uh, but it's garbage. Mm-hmm. I don't need to talk about it any more than that. That his his position is more interesting than the game. <laughs> uh, let's see, two thousand three. Uh, one of the ones that I really like and wish that they would remaster, but I know they will not ever, is uh, Resident Evil Outbreak on the PS two. Um, so this this game was actually a little bit more survival horror. Um, it had online capabilities, so you could play with with other people cooperatively um and it was told in episodic storylines kind of like um resident evil 6 but in a more fun way i think uh basically the way it works is you would choose a scenario and a difficulty level and a character so there's five scenarios with you unique um checklists that have to be performed to reach completion um once you hit completion, there's an infinity mode that gets unlocked where there's an unlimited ammo and your weapons never break because they did do some durability stuff with it. Um, and then to make it even more difficult, there were invisible items randomly generated on the two paths that the scenario could take. So that's how, how you worked in some of the completion times. Um 20 items per scenario, 20 items specific to each character to unlock new like costumes and photos and things like that. Um, it only takes about 22 hours to fully complete. Um, it's, it's, uh, the, the basic storyline is it starts in Jay's bar and a zombie walks in 
So at the very beginning of a T-virus outbreak and it's set up like a joke. <laughs> um, your characters uh, that are never referenced anywhere else, um, but some of them actually have names that tie them to important people. So there's Kevin Ryman, who is with the Raccoon Police Department. Um, he failed out of stars. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of got a, a chip on his shoulder. Um, like, I, I think if I remember right, it's the day he finds out he was not able to like he he did not make Alpha or Bravo team. That's why he's in the, the bar. Yeah, he's in the bar. Um, there's uh, David King, a mechanic and plumber. His his uh, specialty is using knives and makeshift weaponries. I, I don't know why a mechanic or a plumber would be like super awesome at knife fighting. But, you know, <laughs> um, Ask a plumber the wrong question, you'll find out. <laughs> um, Mark Wilkins, a Vietnam vet and current security guard. So he's fun. <laughs> um, Alyssa Ashcroft, who is a reporter whose memory has been uh, suppressed by Umbrella. Um, yeah, I mean, the fact that they have an Ashcroft in this game that you can play as and they're just like, yeah, no, it's not really part of the story. Um, Cindy Lennox is a waitress. Yoko Suzuki is a college student and umbrella employee. Uh, her memory has also been suppressed. John Chapman, uh, who is a subway staffer. Uh, and then a guy named George Hamilton, who's a surgeon who I think is referenced in the second one. I think there's a note signed George Hamilton. Uh, or th- maybe the third one. Um, <clears throat> They followed that up in 05 with the second um, outbreak file number two. Uh, It's the same eight characters with five new scenarios. Um, So the first one took 22 hours to complete and get everything. Uh, The second one takes 183 hours to complete. That's a huge jump in, in stuff. I'm not going to cover all the story for it. I just highly recommend that people Wikipedia the goddamn banana storyline <laughs> of the second one. It goes into some very weird places. Um, one of which is a zoo where the final boss can be a giant zombie elephant, which is fantastic. <laughs> Definitely a high point. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. We have in. Did you play either one of those? By or you said you took a break from a PS2 era. I took a big break. I I remember something about that, but that may have been during my um, dipping back into gaming college yeah. days, where I was just trying things on emulators. Um. Well, 07 uh, gets the Umbrella Chronicles, which is a rail shooter. Uh, five scenarios that go through Resident Evil Zero, uh, the remake, RE3, and then new stuff with Umbrella's Downfall, um, narrated by Wesker. Uh, let's see. So Metacritic gave it a 75, which is kind of generous. Um, I think that this was a Wii game. Um, which game is this again? This is Umbrella Chronicles. It's the, uh, the okay. rail shooter, which is kind of the the thing that light gun games turned into. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. you, you can play as Rebecca, Billy, Chris, Jill, Carlos, Wesker, Ada, Richard Aiken, and Hunk. Um, I never played that one. Um, let us know 
in the emails if it was good. I feel like I played that one, but I didn't beat it. That might have been a Wii rental. Yeah, yeah. Well, in like they followed it up in '09 because you'll notice that I said that RE2 was left out. They they finished it up in or in '09 with the Dark Side uh, Chronicles on Wii and PS3. Um, that's another rail shooter. Mm-hmm. It's a retelling of RE2 and Code Veronica. Um, it's much more contained. It's you play as Leon Kennedy and Claire Redfield, and then Claire and Steve uh, in. Uh, code veronica <clears throat> i i would just if if you're interested wikipedia the scenarios and it'll it'll get you caught up <laughs> uh let's see 2011 this is another one i didn't play um called the mercenaries 3d for the 3ds because i never had a 3ds um it's a third person shooter combination of four and five uh mini games where there are enemies that you have to defeat in a certain time limit um they did do so i I saw that they had some fuckery around the save slots where like they were this was when nintendo specifically was really trying to crack down on like the used game market and rentals and stuff where like it hard-coded your save file or that that particular game's Mm -hmm. save files to a certain piece of hardware so if you tried to save it on another piece of hardware it wouldn't let you or something like I, I don't remember the exact nature of it, but I know that it was Nintendo having to patch that out or issue refunds because they, they didn't advertise the fact they were doing this specifically to fuck over used game, you know, companies. Um, let's see. Mm-hmm. So I did play Resident Evil Revelations in 2012. Yeah. Um, I played it on the PS3, but it was on the Wii U 360, you know, all the systems at the time. Um, And it's actually on the Switch as well. You play as Jill and Chris on, you guessed it, a ghost ship. (laughs) (laughs) I think this one, these two have some fans from what I know. Yeah, I like them. I don't think that they're they're trash or anything. Because, yeah, the, the second one came out in 2015. Um the I think the Switch release has both Revelations games in it, uh, whereas all the other systems, it's a separate release. Um, but they did a weekly episodic release type format. Um, each scenario, there's a there's a past section with Claire and Moira Burton, and then a present section with Barry Burton. Um, scenarios are on Wikipedia. Again, I don't really want to go into those necessarily. <laughs> um, but yeah, the first one at least is fun. I I don't really remember the second one, but I don't remember if I beat it or not either. So, um, let's see. Did you play either one of those? Uh, I think I started to play two, but I don't think I went very far yeah. in it. Yeah. Um, let's see. 2012's Operation Raccoon City, PS3 and 360. Um, it's a third-person shooter ish kind of it's also a survival horror um it's a non-canon scenario with paramilitary mercenaries during the re2 re3 timeline um so there's 12 characters six of them work for umbrella security services Mm. and six of them work for team echo six and you you fight (laughs) 
Yeah. I, I think I think something to touch upon, uh mm-hmm. if if anyone really feels like any one of these games is getting brushed by too quickly yeah. or too fast and not giving enough care. A lot of the attachment, I think, and I say this from a fan perspective, with each one of these games, whichever one of these Resident Evil games um, that you have an attachment for is, did you, as a person, as a player, have fun playing this game? exactly. If that's the case, you're going to have an attachment and possibly somewhat an emotional relationship with that game Due to a time period, you had some crazy stuff going on in your life. You rented this game. You had some fun during the weekend, or you bought this game. You mm-hmm. played it over and over again with your brother, your cousin, whatever. And so it has a personal relationship to you. Yeah. That doesn't mean that that game is any less valuable yeah. to you. That just means that not everyone is going to share in that attachment to it. So. That's that's it's a personal thing, you know. I I remember playing Veronica way back in the day, and be like, oh, this is kind of cool. In retrospect, like, oh, it's not really that great. And like the the turn of like discovering that this character is playing or this this uh, very wealthy to do is both playing himself and his sister and like this video thing is like oh well that's that doesn't really check out and that (laughs) that might be a little that seems very transphobic now um in the portrayal of that Mm -hmm. character and that he's supposed to be mad and crazy um but in any case that doesn't mean that your experience that you had with that game if you enjoyed it at the time is invalidated exactly it's just a personal thing it's not something that necessarily yeah. you or I are share. <laughs> I have no attachment whatsoever to Gaiden, uh, but Zach mentioned having some good memories mm-hmm. playing it. And I didn't attack him for it because yeah. those are his. And it's the same thing with, with anyone else. You know, if you had particularly good experience with uh, one of these real shooters, we're not invalidating that. That's just yours. You know, and treasure it. And to reiterate something I've said numerous times um, is criticism is bullshit. Experience is what matters. <laughs> um, just to underscore that, like you said, like Ooh. it's it's all about uh, your memories and your experiences with these things. Like, is Resident Evil the Mercenary someone's favorite game from 2011? Probably. They probably had a really good time with that game. Um, that's not like me calling it a trash game does not mean that it is a trash game concretely. (laughs) It just means it could have been a great experience for you or, uh, what is it? Um, outbreak too. Maybe you enjoy all 113 hours of that three times in a row. God, can you imagine playing all 183 hours yeah. of that? Yeah. Three times in a row. That's that was insane. your whole year. Yeah. You That's... were the best at that game. God. No. <laughs> no, I was That's, not. That's going to be Zach's first Let's Play on Twitch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's going to 100% break two. outbreak to you. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the last two on this list came out so recently that there's not a whole lot 
to say because I haven't played either one of these. Um, 2016, we got Umbrella Core on PC and PS4 um, that was a multiplayer tactics shooter uh, where you, in the single player portion, play as Agent 3A7, um, who works for Umbrella. The I think these are very lampoon. Yeah, as, I. As a game. So one of the things that I found is the Metacritic for this is thirty eight. I've never seen a Metacritic that low for a game. Um, Bob Mackie with US Gamer wrote yeah. that a week after this game dropped, its multiplayer was dead on arrival on PC because yeah. Overwatch and Left 4 Dead Two released literally a week after this game. And so the people who want those experiences yeah. went to you know, those other games. They just want a piece of the pie. And I get um, it. It's a big pie, Capcom. You want some of that third-person shooter. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, well, like, and, and um, you know, 2020, they put out Resistance for, like, every, or, P, or PC, PS4, and X-Bone. Uh, that's another online multiplayer where you're a team playing against a mastermind. So it's kind of like that game evolve, right? Where it's like a, like a four V one type thing. Um, set in 1998 at the nest two facility. Um, I forget which one that is, uh, Metacritic 64. And it is unending because there is no single player component. Yeah. I think, uh, resistance came free with, um, yeah, it's kind of like a war zone inclusion. For Call of Duty, yeah, I think or it's kind of like uh, it a came with, as part of as part of the Resident Evil Three package, yeah. uh, the remake. You got to, and I I can tell you honestly, I never fired it up. Oh, same. Like, it's just there. Same, like I have it. I it's it's <laughs> on my console from where I downloaded uh, the remake. Um, One, it's like if for a game that so. And I feel like maybe that's part of their frustration why they keep on trying to do this. Uh, why they have like Reverse, which I, I don't even know if that's still out yet. It was supposed to be released alongside. Is it Reverse? Oh, um, the, uh, it's the survival last one. game. Resident Evil. How did I miss that one? Huh. Yeah, Reverse. Um, so it's a four to. Yeah. Originally set to be released, um, it was delayed to 2022. They had like a beta that came out with it. Mm. Um, oh, it's not released. That's why I didn't include it. Okay. Yeah, it, I think it was it was a beta that was supposed to come out sometime along with Village, and I guess the beta had such a so so response. But it's they tie in these multiplayer game experiences to these oh. single player games because they they know they want they want the money from the multiplayer games like they want people to be playing these characters they love and paying for cosmetics <laughs> and skins and whatever else it is that they want to cash in on and i and i really get that they want that cash but it's it's like um it would be like if you went to your favorite restaurant that was like uh, a taco restaurant. And then there they were trying to get you really hooked on, I don't know, the antithesis of what 
whatever the taco was, like pizza <laughs> slices. Yeah. You know, and they're like, here, try out our new pizza slice. And it, you took a bite of it and you're like, oh, this is not good. Like, this is not good at all. And because they want some of that other market, you know, but you're coming to the single player experience because that's what you're looking for. Um, not saying that you couldn't, yeah. you know, do that, whatever, but it's, it's kind of, I know you still have people that <laughs> compete and like yeah. within multiplayer environments and love those kind of games. Yeah. And then you still have people that also like single player game experiences. Um, but there tends to be a little bit of a divide, you know, with multiplayer gamers. I'm not saying this goes with everyone, yeah. but I just know for myself, if I know someone that plays a lot of single player game experiences, they usually don't want to dip into like the super hyper competitive multiplayer environment because <laughs> it just says it ends up not being super fun, you know, um, just because. It's a personality difference in in some kinds of players. That's not saying there can't be over. Yeah, there's obviously people that like. Yeah, those. yeah. No, I like just my own two cents. Like you said, I do not like multiplayer online multiplayer. If it's not couch co op, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really, I really miss couch co op for a lot of games. Um, yeah. So. Um. Yeah, and you know, I, I guess the uh, the overall point with the games that I'd like to make is that the like I was looking at the times to beat for all of these games, and I feel like these games are the strongest when they're in the eight to ten hour ish sweet spot. Like, because when you get over that, um, let's see, you start running into well. I know you like Resident Evil 4. I don't like Resident Evil 4. I feel like it's way too long. <laughs> um, you get Resident Evil 5. You get RE6. Um, you know, you get Code Veronica, which is like a 12-hour game. Um, I feel like 8 to 10 is is like, mm. it's just enough story and it's just enough game for you to, to kind of, yeah. you know. I feel like that has to, a lot to do with like focus like focus of what you're able to make in like a game experience yeah. um, and what you're able to provide. And I feel like the eight to 10, if you're like railroading through, cause I, I still don't feel like the game completion times are really accurate. Um, cause I, I don't ever like railroad through an RE game. Like I'm exploring a little bit. I'm trying to get some collectible stuff. So I'm going to extend that time. Oh, I may yeah. just stand and like yeah. look through, especially like village, like look through the environment <laughs> or like seven, like I'm creeping really close through the hallways. Um, so I'm extending my game time naturally um, just by how I'm experiencing it. So even like an eight to 10 hour experience ends up being like 14, 16 hours um, that I'm going through in the game. Whereas something that's like really extended and can be very bloated ends up being like a really unfocused experience or with five where you have like these multiple boss battles and they end up feeling kind of like, oh, this yeah. is a bot, another boss battle segment. Or this is yeah. a boss battle. Now, the thing is, I, I kind of enjoyed five. 
Um, I played it. I don't feel like it's a bad game. It's just it's much more action oriented, um, and I enjoyed it from that aspect. Um, but with um, with other games like Six, you start to feel a little bit of this bloat, and, I, and that probably has a lot to do with some of the production yeah. stuff that um, yes we mentioned mm-hmm. initially. But for like a cinematic horror experience, like keeping that level of tension and getting it in sort of yeah. almost like a chapter format, like eight, I think yeah. literally has chapters. Like there's little segments where you're going through. Um, and so that's like chunks it up into experience where I think they they kind of get that. Like, okay, let's keep this nice and tight and focused. Speaking of eight, we're we gonna we're gonna cover that, right? Again, we're gonna finish that. Oh yeah, I mean we yeah we can oh yeah we can do that now because I um did you finish it? I did. I finished it. Uh, when did we cover it? Um, I I finished it. Weeks yeah, ago. like I finished it short, like the next day after we finished recording that. Okay. Um, okay. A lot of it has. You, you were right before, as a primo, you were right before hitting the, the factory. Um, the yeah. factory. So. With Heisenberg. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's start. What did you feel about the factory? Um, I, I felt like it was a waste of time, to be honest. I felt <laughs> like it was, it was, um, it it was like they took every section of things that I personally did not like in the castle in terms of like finding this thing to go here and then backtrack there and go here and just crammed it into the factory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, it feels very, it's a very tight yeah, area. I, and and I you do have do to backtrack like a bit. <laughs> it's not, especially with the, the way that the game is set up and yeah. crafted. It's this one specifically to me feels like they're trying Mm -hmm. to make it more of a shooter, which is fine. Um, but then don't also do the, the puzzly, like I've got to get this, these six keys and jam them together and make this. (laughs) I think, I think this is, this is another attempt with, with village, especially, um, which I think comes with some of its strengths and some of its weaknesses. Um, where they're trying to please every audience. Yeah. Like they, they really tried to please the horror audience with um, the uh, Beneviento estate where, you know, you don't have any weapons or anything. You're chased by this scary goddamn baby, you know, and you're hiding. That was the high point of the game, I think, for me. <laughs> yeah, and I, I can see that. I can see that from, from like a horror perspective. Because uh, when the baby comes out, you're like, "Oh my god!" And then you, you, I know you turned around and ran, yeah, like everybody's supposed to do. Um, so, and then you have other sections that I think are still interesting and fun. Um, the Moreau section, I know people don't like. Some people don't like swamp sections or water sections, whatever. Oh, I liked that but section. That, that was fun. You yeah. got these windmills, and I'm like, oh, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I love it. Let's move these windmills around <laughs> to the position they need to be. Um, and so you have, like, the castle I thought was okay. I liked uh, the sections. It's way too much of the game. Yeah, I, I like the sections yeah. that were underneath 
um, the castle. Yeah. Like some exploring bits, seeing the first little bit of zombies and things like that, defeating the um, the daughters, um, and the little conceit with um, like having to have the cold come in in some direction and etc. Yeah. Um, that was a neat little mechanic that I accidentally stumbled on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and so. Um, you know, you have that, but then you have the much more open air environments. Um, and some of the sections, like that first section where you're trying to face uh, the lichens, um, and you're like trying to get this thing to trigger. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, this is kind of like RE4. I just need to survive, like for a period of time. But you're trying to shoot these guys. And on hard difficulty, which I, I tried to play, um, <laughs> which just was not working yeah. on PS4 with like a thumbstick, like because you have to really hit them like headshot wise, and I can mouse them, I can mouse headshot pretty yeah. okay all day, but with like a thumbstick and with the amount of delay that's on right. the TV uh, along with the Bluetooth, it just do not have enough precision to, to like hit them consistently in the head. Um. I can't do that on, on PC with the mouse and whatnot. Uh, so you have some of this like shooter shooter elements um, and the fact that they move around a bit. So different kinds of enemies. Um, so that's less horror oriented, like you were saying, and a little bit more like action shooter oriented, which can be fun. I liked the big section before you face... Um, the big giant lichen guy. And there's like these like zip lines that you're moving through and you have all of them. Yeah. I really liked that section. Uh, again, it goes back to my, and like, I'm sorry, like Capcom makes triple a games. There's no reason for them to not include like accessibility features. Um, mm-hmm. So much of the game is the same color the way that I see it, that it's not like it takes me forever mm-hmm. to get through anywhere. Fighting the. Um, what is his name with with the windmills? There was enough contrast. I could I could see it. And I could mm-hmm. play it. and I could enjoy it. The factory had the same problem as the castle for me, where it's just like. N- nothing really stands out. <laughs> <laughs> like it's all just kind of like the same color that I'm having to figure out where where things are. Um, the underground portion of the mm-hmm. castle uh, is not like that, um, but yeah. pretty much the hub world is like that as well. Um, so I mean that that was mainly my gripe there. Um, mm-hmm. Miranda has a really cool character design. She looks fucking terrifying and gross. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's really great. She's like this gothic queen that has these like, like oh, um, I almost don't want to kill you. Like, like, like uh, she she's got the what, what is it? It's it's like a bone collar thing behind her that makes her look like an angel from woodcuts. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's a really cool design. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't like the ending. Oh, well, I, I so the thing I like about the ending is that when when uh, Ethan his his kind of hit his max in terms of regeneration, he just starts crumbling. All of the regenerations go away. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. 
Well, see, basically, like, I think some people in the fandom didn't understand at least what they were trying to communicate was the fact that, like, he killed Miranda, um, who's, who's, like... Who's the source. The progenitor source, but they also blew up... They ended up yeah. blowing up the uh, the baby section. So, one, he's exhausted, um, and two, like, he's not able to come come back in that situation because like yeah he has destroyed like the source of his ability yeah and his power and so yeah he's he's gonna die so he just wants to be there to set off the trigger yeah so that nobody else can it's you know, well, it's to always weird like to me that. when resident evil comes out with an enemy that's basically a kaiju because <laughs> they do it in six too it's mm-hmm. like okay Okay, I thought we had moved away from this mm-hmm. with seven, but okay, here's this giant mega Maya thing. Oh, you mean the giant baby thing that's underneath the mega mucite? Yeah, the mega myocyte. Yeah, it's um, yeah. yeah, well, like when it comes up from the ground, uh, when when Chris comes across him. Uh, I, this is after the Miranda after fight. The Miranda fight. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, so after the Miranda fight is when he starts, uh, like, which I think it's also funny where Rosemary just, like, pops out of a little thing. <laughs> She's crying. Oh, yeah. yeah, she, and, uh, she yeah, and, and Ethan starts uh, disintegrating, and Chris is like, come on, we gotta get out of here. Um, but the Mega Mycite comes, oh, yeah, it's like coming out the of the heart. ground, and it's, yeah. it's so yeah, massive that it's just like, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess we're back to these tricks again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, they always gotta get back. They gotta they gotta please the big monster fans. Yeah, so some people were like, oh, why doesn't he just like yeah. come? Like they it whatever. It's like, oh, well, that's not really what they're intending. Like he's trying to sacrifice himself, his energy is gone, he's destroying the source, you know, it destroyed Possibly the source of his power, because um, Miranda was the yeah. one creating all these experiments. Um, and then you have the failed Evelyn uh, experiment, which is part of Seven, uh, which Miranda mentions is like a failed attempt at trying to revive her daughter. Um, I like the reveal that the Mia that gets shot at the very beginning of this game um, mm-hmm. is Miranda. It's a shapeshifter. Yeah. Um, so it, that brings up a lot of questions like, one, how long was that the case? Yeah. Did Ethan sleep with Miranda? <laughs> what was that like? Probably gooey. Like, was that just like, because like then I guess she could have like conceived like some other weird gooey monster thing because obviously she was interested in what was going on there yeah maybe she's I, got like a side so, baby somewhere else yeah was, <laughs> i guess my final impressions of this game are it, it's not one that i'll replay to be honest unless they do some more accessibility features um seven i really like <laughs> um i think it's probably mm-hmm. my favorite in the series at this point seven I mean, um, but yeah, like village, village kind of seems like a mm-hmm. hodgepodge to me. Like it's very pretty. Um, 
but like the the way they have the world constructed with the hub um strikes me as them trying to make mm-hmm. four different games and then just jamming them yeah together. it's even it's even different elements that were successful like yeah. you have um mr x from re2 yeah and then you have people complaining about how he was too imposing and so they water down Mr. X, and so that that's how you get Lady Dimitrescu, who doesn't really feel like a threat, uh, except when you're like in enclosed spaces, yeah. like where she chops off your hand, and you have to run around yeah. to like re-grab your hand and react. But there she feels like a threat, because you're enclosed, and there's nowhere you can go. But just like in the castle itself, you just go to the Duke's room and you, she fucks off. You know where the Duke's yeah. room is. It's a straight shot there. There's no like other enemies that are yeah. really able to impact you in the castle. It's not like in RE2 where you have like zombies and you have liquors that are just there to like fuck you over while Mr. X is chasing after you because people complained about that, which I get trying to appease those people but yeah. it means that it's it doesn't end up being a strong a game experience on the whole so they have these things that are successful well i mean um, they get kind of watered down well even if if like taking that into account yeah like it sucks that they have to bend to fans but like i feel like the writing for it too kind of betrays what they were because like it my favorite section, the the haunted house with the the terrifying baby. Which, let me tell you, when mm-hmm. <laughs> when you first experience that, I was playing it like I didn't have to work the next day, mm-hmm. so my wife was in the back bedroom, and you know I had the living room door shut, so so I was just kind of in my dark hole playing this game, and the baby cries, and they've juiced the audio in the baby mm-hmm. so that my wife comes into the living room and goes, can you mm-hmm. turn that the fuck down? And she doesn't say that. She, she, mm-hmm. she didn't say that. But like the reaction would, would have been the same as her going, can you turn that <laughs> the fuck down? That's so loud. When everything else was was really, really loud. Yeah, super, super <laughs> compressed. Yeah, they want you to be able to like feel that. Um, But yeah, like like so so in terms of, of the writing, rather than having the haunted house be like the first thing where you don't have any weapons, they give you all of these weapons and then they just poof, take them away mm-hmm. <laughs> just with video game. Like, Oh, where did all my stuff go? Mm-hmm. I I didn't like that. Like it, it broke the immersion for me. Um, mm-hmm. It just seems kind of. What well, happens? It, it's, it's a game. It's a game conceit. It happens. Yeah, it's just... It's not like you haven't had that happen before. No, it, it's not. I'm just saying it, it comes out of nowhere in this otherwise realistic game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess she's supposed to, like, exert, like, um, a mental control or some shit like that with her. Like... Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can you can explain mm-hmm. it. I mean, it's, it's not beyond the pale. It's just... Uh... I don't Would know, you rather have favorite. had her turn you upside down and shake out all your stuff? <laughs> no, no, I, I just, I'm, I'm not a fan of this one. Um, seven, I think, is hands down my mm-hmm. favorite. Um, yeah, seven's a more focused experience. I think 
I think they did try to appease everybody with this one. And so you have sections that work really well. Um, and seven, they're like, okay, let's make Ethan sort of like a blank slate who sort of responds to the audience. So he's like, what the fuck, you know? Or like, what the hell was that? Or like, yeah. you know, he has like these little punchisms that's supposed to represent like how you would feel about that. Like when Jack blows his brains out, you know, and other things like that. Um, yeah. Or uh, when you eventually kill Marguerite and he's like, you know, stay dead or et cetera. But then an eight, like they're trying to expand upon him as a character and it's it requires a bit more. I think they succeed in, in some ways there because I, I did really feel like, oh, this guy's really like huffing it real hard to go save his daughter and et cetera. Yeah. Um, I, I also am amazed with the amount of cutting away from like <laughs> when they go to cut scenes, like at the end where, where Ethan has Rosemary and Chris is like helping him up. Mm-hmm. They have to do a lot of cutaways because they don't want you to see what Ethan looks like. But, he, but like he's being carried yeah. around the waist by Chris. So whenever Chris talks, the camera's on his face, but like, there's this much of the screen on him. And then Ethan is just like from behind. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, it's a lot like, you know, yeah, it's a lot like in Austin powers where, uh, yeah, he's the penis naked. hiding ja- jokes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he has to hide the boobs the melons, too yeah. with, I think the watermelons. Yeah. When he picks those up, it's a lot like that. Um, they just really committed to the not seeing face thing. I, which is wild to me. Like everyone else, we know what they look like. Why? Mm-hmm. I mean, we know he's a white dude. Like, cause the, the, the reason I've, I've, uh, well, one of the reasons I find it so strange is that like, they've been pretty open about, yeah, we don't, we just, you know, want this to be a blank slate for the character, for the, the player to play as and become and immerse themselves in. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, we, I mean, you gave him a name. Yeah. One. You, get to, uh, you, you don't get to rename mm-hmm. it. Um, he's married. He has a kid that he's like, the whole story involves you playing as a character. That yeah. is not And it creates, it ends up, it ends up <laughs> another thing where they want to have, they want to have both sides. Like they want to have, uh, a blank slate for you to fill yourself in, but then they also want to really develop this character, which they did. Um, yeah. And so it ends up coming across weird that way because then there's there's an automatic distance between you and mm-hmm. this character. Like they can't market Ethan yeah. dolls, you know, or they can't market like Ethan action figures or like, oh yeah, I love Ethan, whatever. And it's like, oh. You don't have like an image of a face like representing like who that character is. Maybe it's a way to get away from maybe their possible frustration they have with like Chris, Leon, Claire, and Jill, where they're just like, yeah, there may be a part of them that's like, I we're sick of having to deal with these same characters. Yeah, you know. Um, so let's make this blank slate that we can deposit in the story and then just move on from even though when you hear the producers and stuff talk about it they're like oh well we 
really wanted to stay with Ethan for the story and et cetera. Yeah. But it's it's two opposing things. So yeah, it's again like that concept of these these polar opposite yeah. principles they're trying to enact at the same time where Lady Dimitrescu is like really imposing and dangerous, but like, oh, let's not make her too dangerous because people don't like that. And so I feel like that's what happens when you have a game that's like, you get a game like this from that, instead of where in seven, you have very strong principles they're trying to stick to and they stay focused on those. Yes. Well, and I mean, like, I, I just, I do not buy the the immersion excuse that they keep using because Ethan is a white, presumably straight dude with sandy blonde hair, right? I know way more people who enjoy the Resident Evil franchise Mm -hmm. that do not fit any of those qualifiers that that would feel immersed in that character. If you if you get what I'm saying, like yeah. it's you're you're playing as a I, I don't know about that just just presumably straight bit because I don't see how he didn't hit on Lady Dimitrescu and any of those daughters who just yeah. like yeah well all uh, fair enough he has a kid a biological kid I'll, I'll put it that way so but you see what I'm saying like yeah you can't mm-hmm. if if you can't make the character look like you or reflect you like and it's like the the whole point of the story is that you're chasing after your kid and so it's like well there's there's no immersion that i would not make a character in the resident evil universe that's a baby why would i do that (laughs) so yeah i don't know it's it's um it's definitely not my favorite i think i prefer the remakes to this one um yeah i think two is stronger I definitely yeah. enjoyed um, Village more than three. Yeah, I've, I've replayed the Village. I don't know if I'm going to replay three. Yeah, um, but two is definitely fantastic. I think two and seven, um, and even the uh, the RE one remake that yeah. they did years and years ago, I think really show focus. Like when you focus on like, okay, this is what we want to do rather than let's try to appease. Yeah, I I feel like, yeah, the the, the best for me, the best representatives for the franchise are uh, seven uh, ones remake and twos remake. And threes remake just because I like it, but it's it's not top three like (laughs) Um, Mm. and then everything else is just kind of there like i i know where yeah. it fits in the story now but um yeah well with with the uh, yeah do, what would yeah. you say your your favorite represent or your the thing that makes you think that is resident evil like if you had a top three would it be seven two and one like you said or um well uh i'm gonna talk about experiences um experientially uh the original two that i played on n64 is a hallmark experience um re4 uh that i think i played on the pc when the pc version came out 
was um, awesome action experience. Um, then of the newer iterations, the RE2 remake is one of my favorites. It's probably like one of the best reimaginings of the like original RE formula. Um, seven is a great horror experience. Um, especially on my first playthrough. I wish my first playthrough of that could have been in VR. That would have been fantastic. But even without that, sitting really close to the screen, awesome. Really reinvigorated um, the horror game experience for me. Um, and then I say I like 8 a lot. Hmm. Um, I think that has to do with my appreciation of 4. And realizing that for me, like this is kind of what you four is is a better game in its focus because it's more focused on just like being an actiony game with like horror elements or like tension elements. Like you don't have like a spooky Beneviento estate in four. You know, uh, you don't have. Um, other kind of elements, you know, where you feel disempowered in the same way. I mean, you have the um, the uh, sections where you're not playing as Leon. Um, so it makes sense that if I really don't like four, I it, it explains a little bit of why I don't like eight, I guess. Yeah, you also, you also get the monotone kind of thing in yeah. four that you get in eight. Where, like, the color palette isn't very rich. <laughs> if you're trying to find some of the hidden things or, like, the hidden segments, and then there isn't, you know, any kind of uh, yeah. benefits to, like, accessibility and et cetera um, that make that more difficult. Um, and it's it's more of a mixed kind of experience. It's not as, well, not for four, but definitely for eight. Because um, I think eight tries to get some of that resonating before actiony stuff, and then mix in a little bit more of the horror elements. Not have a protagonist. Um, yeah. For you don't really feel like Leon. You're more like right. watching Leon, especially since you're in third person, and like you have all these segments where you're watching him act. So it's more cinematic in that respect. Whereas with eight, you're trying to have you feel like connected to Ethan's experience, but you don't really yeah. have his face and that kind of connection. And you still are in first person. Um, and then you still have the horror element. So it's a little less focused, but I can still appreciate some of that. I still have a lot of fun in a lot of segments with eight. So it's. Um, not as good as four, um, but I like eight more than I like five because I feel a lot more connection to the characters and the storyline. I mean, I like Sheva. I like Chris. Um, I definitely LOL'd more yeah. with Village than I ever did in five with how serious it is. Even though like some of the, the ship boat stuff, especially that one scene where that it's villain so plugs himself in and you're trying to kill him in, in five was kind of funny but 
not really intended. But like the the fight scene with um with uh, Heisenberg, hilarious. It being in a mech robot suit and you're gonna fight another mech robot. It's so good. It is so good, Zach. It's so good. And as soon as I got into it, yes, I had forgotten about that. Like to be honest, before you mentioned, mm-hmm. like when you mentioned it, mm-hmm. is when I remembered. Um. So yeah, no. good. I had a smile <laughs> on my face, ear to ear, like extending yeah. past my ear as soon as I like hopped into this mech robot. It was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Because for me, that's the camp yeah. that you have in four that is <laughs> when Nisimo. That's yeah. the kind of camp you have in four. Like when you have uh, what's his face, the short um, guy from Four, and he's got this big giant like stone oh, robot yeah, thing yeah, that he yeah. chases you down. So it's in. not unprecedented. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you're going to this. Bridge. Everything is permitted. It's not unprecedented. Um, that's the kind of camp yeah. that I love in Four that they included in eight um, <laughs> that I just thought so good. So, so good. Um, yeah. Delicious. So that's why I think, you know, it's still, it's still got a lot of really, it's still a really great experience. I still really loved when I completed the game. It doesn't, it's not a hundred percent rock solid in every moment. I didn't like the factory that much, um, but I had a hell of a time. I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, there are sections of the. I like the haunted house section. I like um, the fish man section, and okay. the catacombs in the castle it was pretty fun. Yeah. That was about it, though. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, so I did want to touch briefly on the movies. Um, I had I have all this stuff here. I'm I'm just gonna I've got two things I want to talk about. <laughs> the Resident Evil movies. So which which movies we've, we've already. <laughs> so which one? There's not though? a whole lot to say other than yeah they they <laughs> they score exactly not a whole lot well, to like, say. Consider, Thanks for well, coming wait, wait, in, wait, wait, folks. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> We, we'll see um, you next episode. Yeah, like as we've said, like they never score high on Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes, but they make a lot of money back, right? Like, so it, they're kind of like the Limp Biscuit of films, if you will, where mm. they keep selling albums, but no one seems to like them. <laughs> you know, um, I will say the very first one in O two, that and Apocalypse were both on Ebert's most hated films list from 2005. Like he felt the need to compose a, here's a Mm. bunch of shit. I don't like Mm -hmm. list. Conversely, James Cameron has called it his biggest guilty pleasure Mm. film. This was in an interview like two years ago. What the the (laughs) first one recent Apocalypse? No, no, the first, yeah. uh, The the very first one. It's it's a fun time. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's basically aliens, right? Like what what the things that yeah. he says that I think if he says it's his biggest guilty pleasure film, it's because it's the plot of aliens. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it's yeah. So time. so we'll we'll uh, skip the rest of that. Um. 
so I brainstormed uh, where I think this this uh, game series could go. Oh my god, so many. Um, so I got nine and mm-hmm. ten, right? Nine. Uh, if you wanna, if you wanna maintain the the working the title, and there's not very many words that are not other numbers <laughs> that have ix in them, mm-hmm. other than ikfu. <laughs> So yeah, let's go. With so what I have is, uh, you know, set on a submarine or sub base, uh, playing as an amnesiac umbrella, uh, security services member. And the main enemies in it could be Gilman and squid beasts like these Cthulhu. Th- Cause I mean, they've, they've veered away from zombies at this point. I feel like, yeah, um, like they they first started doing that in six, way more in seven, and then way more in eight. Except with the end of eight, or if you remember, yeah, the BSAA, uh, yeah, the BSAA, a bioweapon, and then they they said they didn't send an agent; they sent a bioweapon, and then they uncover, and it it just looks like a weird so, zombie. <laughs> the reason I want this to happen, not uh, not following the ending of. <laughs> village is because i think it would be hilarious if chris you know at the end of village finds out it's the bsaa european headquarters if it's just like the umbrella european headquarters where it's they never get to it (laughs) the next one's just like what now i'm playing is this i thought we were going to europe (laughs) no you're at the bottom of the ocean um and then yeah, for uh, mm-hmm. for and minor, obviously jokey, but uh, for for ten, I have it in space, mm-hmm. um, where you know I I don't know the particulars of it. Maybe it could be far future. Um, if you want to do stick with the left hand stuff. Um, so wait, wait, wait. To recap, your nine. Yeah. Where's where's the exact location there? Uh, e- either uh, a submarine base. Or on a an actual submarine. Okay, I was thinking something slightly related but different. Continue. Mm-hmm. Like a like like Sea Lab twenty twenty one. Like a like a doomed. Yeah, it'd be kind of like that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so mm-hmm. so ten. Uh, maybe maybe it's far future. Uh, I feel like you could work a whole lot more into, um, puzzles and hacking and things like that by making. The character's left hand, uh, kind of a gooey lockpick that you can like put software patches in and form form certain uh, access to certain spaces. Um, <clears throat> yeah, like the technology that yeah. Ethan yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously was able to augment, like his parts. You could even have it to where, um, yeah. Like, oh, you could, like, chop something off, you know, like, you can take your hand off. Yeah. Like, plug in, like, a little mechanical thing and then, like, you know, manipulate it using your mold goo factors. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, or, yeah, like, if it's in space, yeah, like, you, if you're piloting something that's outside of the system, you you (laughs) take off your hand and jam it into, like, a little drone or whatever, and it shoots (laughs) out there and you're... Every 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 very jump sharky franchise should go to space. What that's what Fast and Furious did. Let's take Ari there too. It's gonna it's gonna be a wonder. Uh, J- I'll remind you of Jason X. Yeah. Like if it happens in if it's if it's gonna be in space, it has to be in ten. 
<laughs> so what what are your uh, your feelings on where the franchise should go? <laughs> so I've been working terribly uh, for the past few weeks in a new job. Um, and then I also had food poisoning the past two or three days. Yeah. I haven't been able to prepare a ton. But riffing off of this, um, I think um, one of two concepts would be kind of fun. And they're both kind of related in one way. Um, so you, you could still have action-oriented elements but also still have uh, survival horror. So riffing off of year nine, maybe, again, they'd be like, like trying to go visit um, the European base. They'd uh, you know get a distress call from somewhere else on their way there on one of their BSAA frequencies. And they end up discovering that there yeah. is like an underground or undersea area um, that's like a research facility, like a really, really big one. Um, but it was meant to, because they've had issues before with uh, access points um, where, you know, it was just under a hospital or et cetera. Um, or like within like a mining area where people have like broken in, you know, presumably like Chris and all these other people that are really, really strongly confirmed. And it, a lot of times it has to do with like contact in and out and people getting suspicious. They just set up like a living, like let's say biome area, a research facility that also housed families of researchers. And so it was like a permanent, semi-permanent establishment. And so it was taking some of their more um, experimental and like clandestine facilities, kind of like they do with with the fallout vaults, where they're like, okay, let's have like different sections or different areas well, all these these little biomes have like separate sections and areas, and they're supposed to be focused on particular branches of their research. So you'd have one that you'd have like let's say an area that's like really creature heavy. You know, you can think of all different kinds of creatures, um, but very creature heavy. And let's say augmenting that yeah. with, um, you know, with different kind of animals, you know, things that we haven't seen. Um, or you could have one that has <laughs> yeah. to do strictly with like biomechanical augmentations that are more like humanoid in nature. Right. Or you could have some that are more of like the Evelyn variety. So more like psychological in nature, like the imprint. Like they, not specifically another scary little girl, but you'd have like a, like a hallucination segment or like a creepy ghost segment um, because it has to do with like imprinting on the mind and more like psychological warfare. And so you'd be able to really theme each different place 
and really focus on yeah. <laughs> different kinds of like enemy themes and like environmental horror themes. And because this is supposed to be like a living biome, it's not strictly um, set up to where it feels like all laps. Right. Like there's lab sections, but there's also like living areas. So you'd have more like living quarters and they really emphasize on trying to make this livable. So you'd have areas where there's like trees <laughs> and there's like deciduous stuff. And yeah. you'd have segments where they were setting up like, oh, this is like a park. So it feels like a park. It's got ambient background sounds like a park. Right. But of course, like something really bad happened down here. So like sounds like glitch over. And so you hear like static from like what's supposed to be like a regular dog barking in the background, but sounds kind of glitchy. Um, and then you get kind of used to that and, oh, maybe no, that wasn't that. That's a Cerebus now or like some kind of weird yeah. actual three-headed Cerebus that they were working on. So you could do something like that and really pipe in on like the monsters and like the environment and sort of the lab <laughs> kind of setup, but also like really get to creep it up because even with games like dead space, part of it, dead space is, doesn't have like really living, living quarters. It's more like alien level kind of things, but you can, you can have it to where like still have that dilapidated feel like, Oh, there used to be people here. There used to be families and have kind of that haunted kind of vibe to it. Um, my other idea for maybe an environment would be, okay, we've, we tried to go six where like, I guess China exploded or something. Um, <laughs> I guess. Um, but you could actually do like a post-apocalyptic survival horror with a game that's been about survival war. So you could have a world that has been decimated by the spread of the apocalypse. Um, but you're having to deal with what happens now when these viruses and et cetera, get loose out in the wild. Like, do you have like lab freakers, like people that are, uh, try to capture and have like these uh, scientific offshoots. So they're like building their own like little homemade bioweapon things. Like people oh, yeah. are trying to establish power. Um, and so you're trying to, as someone who maybe experienced this before, um, as someone is maybe who's augmented themselves, like a rose or whatever, you know, who's like, one of the only kind of people that can handle these kind of situations and circumstances who has to deal with like these people that are uh, keeping civilization from like rising back and, you know, rising back up. Um, so you get to, um, it is more kind of action oriented, but you could still face like really crazy threats, you know, cause it's well after um, other people maybe have experimented on themselves, like Wesker existed, you know, and Wesker at the end of uh, five was like a freaking god, you know, um, able to like phase in and out. So you could still have circumstances like that, but still make it really grounded. 
And so you'd have more of that survival horror, post-apocalyptic feel, um, narrative-driven, get really attached to the characters kind of thing. Um, so more like open-worldy in that sense is kind of what I'm thinking. Um, but uh, still keep, you know, uh, the elements and, and stuff that you have that you, you can enjoy. That one's a little bit more nebulous because when you have an open world environment, there's so many of the ways you could go. Um, yeah. You know, you could have it that you're... Um, yeah, and Resident Evil has always pretty much been kind of on rails. Yeah. So it would be mm-hmm. interesting to see, like, Resident Evil but Fallout. Yeah. And, um, you know, you could, you could have other elements involved with that too. Um, you could have storylines and different kind of side quests that are actually interesting. Um, yeah, it could be cool. So that's kind of my, yeah, I mean, ideas for games. All of that sounds awesome. (laughs) I mean, I'm a sucker for open world games. I'm, uh, um, (laughs) playing through Far Cry New Dawn right now um and yeah like that gives me that that type of vibe which i i'm oh, yeah. super into <laughs> um but uh yeah i will uh i i guess that's unless you have anything else to, yeah, to say fun. that should put a bow on resident evil for the foreseeable future never for me it's never over <laughs> in terms waiting. of coverage for this show <laughs> always waiting for the next thing um but uh yeah we'll um you know, the the book club book right now is still Stephen King's It. Um, so that should be exciting. Um, I think I have a schedule set up to get through that. But that's that's uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, Stuart and I will be discussing it. And then the uh, the miniseries and the two films that uh, came from it. Uh, other than that, I guess have a good weekend and hopefully richard feels better soon <laughs> food poisoning yeah it should be good i'm already on the menu. pd light for so. adults go <laughs> it's not just for hangovers guys <laughs> sometimes it helps your it's tummy tub <laughs> all right mm-hmm. bye all right take care